good to go. Yeah, I'm all good. I think my good? focus is a little bit off. There, there, that's better. Yeah, no, I'm all good. Um, where do you want to start? <laughs> I think we need to go over. A, we should probably say that this is our second take. <laughs> yes, I was just going to. Yeah, I wasn't even going to mention that. But yeah, this is our set, second take due to technical difficulties. But never mind that. Leave that out. Hello and welcome to the unofficial Game Pass podcast with me, Connor Smith, and Aldwin Johnson. Uh, each week we look at a game on Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, and we talk about it, review it, let you guys know what it's like. Um, however, this week, because we've had live stuff happen, it's been a few weeks since we've uploaded an episode, so hmm. we just wanted to update everyone on what's been going on so uh Aldrin, what's what's been going on with you yeah so um pretty much the reason why i've been so absent from trying to upload um has been uh, generally down to the fact that i just finished up an internship which was taking up a lot of my time uh, and i've also been working part-time alongside that so for a while i was working seven days a week um so like that was obviously taking its toll so i needed like a bit of a a break off just to try and enjoy myself um along with that obviously people who are paying attention to our twitter feeds will have noticed that connor and i started a website uh gaming sandbox indie centric gaming website focuses on everything and well focuses on everything and anything but with a particular focus on games made by smaller developers that really don't get the the recognition that they deserve i would suppose is how we describe it but uh that obviously takes a lot of work as well but it, it's it's that's um I say work. It's a it's an enjoyable act, so I don't really consider it work. Um, we don't get paid for it, so it's certainly not work. Um, so that that's been kind of the the busy stuff on my side. I know some of this overlaps with you, Connor, but I imagine similar stuff. Yeah, yeah. Finishing my degree. Uh, for those who have, uh, for those who have been following us for a little while, you'll know that um, I do I did an undergraduate degree in uh, literature and creative writing, which supposedly allows me to talk about games as if they're art and and, lit and have literary merit and talk about as if I know some things about writing. It doesn't really, but um, yeah. So I graduated from uni, got first class with honours, which was a nice, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, got it by about 1%, so, you know, scraped in there. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I didn't have to tell you that. Uh <laughs> no, you could have been like, oh, I got 90 <laughs> I got eighty percent on everything. <laughs> no, um, and since you know it's been a bit of soul searching. What do I want to do? Um, but I found a little job down the road, uh, basically at, at a pub or um, uh, for Americans, like a. I don't. How, how do you explain a pub to Americans? You know what an a inn bar. is, like a tavern. No, it's not a bar. <laughs> No, like imagine you're in Fable, you walk into an inn. That's a pub. Um, mm. So like a pub slash restaurant. I'm only washing the dishes, although today I got to cut potatoes into chips, so I'm quite happy today. Um, Big promotion coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's only down the road. It's a lovely pub, lovely food, lovely people, um, and I need money. Uh, so don't judge me because... <laughs> You know, it's not easy starting out. So, I, you know, getting money in, that's obviously taken up a lot of my time. Um, various writing projects on the go. But obviously, as as Aldrin said, we've started Gaming Sandbox, which is hugely exciting for us because for so long we've wanted to 
do something where we talk about indie games as we are both extremely passionate about indie mm. games created by smaller teams of developers or even um, sole developers like uh, Thomas Sala with the Falconeer uh, when we when we interviewed Thomas um, and because you know we're, we're based in the UK and Ireland uh, we, we like to look at devs close to home so any small teams uh, around us we like to look at any games produced over here but really indie games everywhere and generally any anything that takes our interest in gaming just because, um, you know, we talk about Xbox a lot. We talk incessantly about Halo, but uh, we really are passionate about indie games and, and getting games that should have more attention out there. So Gaming Sandbox has been a real passion project for both of us and can't wait to, like, throw... I've got, like, an article planned for the next four days. I don't, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm going to get that done. That sounds like uh, way too high expectation of me. But... Um, that's how eager I am. Is that I, I I want to do that much. Um. So yeah. So but now we're returning to the Game Pass podcast, and and obviously this week we've chosen to look at Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, which um partly uh partly because Odrin was intrigued by, it and partly because I saw that um Hellblade: Senua's Saga was being talked about, which is I believe the sequel. Um, I, I think it was announced recently and obviously around the Xbox E3 event we were looking at kind of uh, first party Xbox games that we should say that we said you know what haven't we played what do we need to play so that when the sequel comes out we we know what we're what it's all about uh, so Hellblade is you know now top of the list now we've we've played it we've we've looked at it but Odrin when did you first hear about Hellblade and and what were your impressions of it yeah, so I'm having some sort of like deja vu Groundhog Day, like explaining this again. Um, but no, yeah, so uh, as I mentioned and I re- recalled, I heard about Hellblade. Firstly, through an interview I did with Gareth Coker, who many will know as the composer of Ori and one of the three upcoming composers for Halo Infinite. Um, and he, We were talking a bit about audio design, the importance of audio design. Actually, you can still probably find that interview. I'll, I'll link it below and I'll put a timestamp as to when we talk about it or when he mentions it. But... He mentioned, obviously, when talking about audio design and anyone who's in the game sphere, particularly in that Xbox ecosystem, and they're going to talk about audio design. Once you played Hellblade, that will kind of stick out in your mind as being a a unique experience uh, because I don't think many games, obviously a lot of games have surround sound audio, but not to the level that Hellblade incorporates into it. So that's where I heard about it first. Um, after that, I I didn't think very much of Hellblade until I saw it on Game Pass. Funnily enough, the thing that really attracted me to it was somebody said you can complete this in eight hours, which is kind of makes it even more sad that I didn't finish it. Uh, but we'll get on to why that's the case um, later on in the episode. It's it's not for a lack of time or anything. It's for more uh, external reasons. But um, no, yeah. So that's uh, that's what I heard about it. Um, uh, I yeah, that's pretty much it, really. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Well. Um... Yeah, as I said in the first take, um, it was something that passed me by. I think I was aware of the the image of of Senua and the cover, uh, but I first got a, a, I heard an opinion on it when my brother wanted to buy a console. I think this was during lockdown, so he only had a Switch, and he was looking at getting a PlayStation or an Xbox. And uh, I was because I just got the Series X, I was like, "Oh, come see the Series X." I was like, yeah, if you get this thing called Game Pass, you get all these games. I let him scroll down the games and he got to Hellblade and went, oh, I've played this one. 
Uh, and he said that the one thing he remembered was that um, there was like this black goo or this black stuff that, that rised up your arm every time you died and that he was near the end of the game, but the, the black had almost reached um, Senua's head. And when the black reached Senua's head, the game ends, supposedly. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. And to me, that sounded just like a like a Dark Souls type mechanic. Um so when I looked at the pictures, um, I was I saw the combat, you know, as sort of quite tall enemies and uh, Senua with her sword. So immediately I thought, oh, well, this is just going to be another Souls-like. It's got very dark, uh, drab visuals, you know, very gloomy, very melancholic. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd heard that it was all about schizophrenia and uh, sort of a very... Uh, mentally tortured protagonist. So I was imagining a very kind of personal Vikings Dark Souls because you do it is set in that kind of Norse mythology um, Viking period. Although uh, you know with the fine details of that, I believe Senua herself is actually a Celt. Um, so I mean that's something we'll talk about later, hmm. but. Yeah, go going and because I'm not interested in Souls likes, you know, I didn't really. I liked the aesthetic of Dark Souls and the premise back in the day, but it was just too difficult for me. And I, you, you know me, Aldrin. If I get to a certain point <laughs> of the game, it's too challenging. I put the difficulty down. I'm not, I'm not ashamed about that. Uh, I like my games challenging, but if you're stopping my progress, so I, I stop. And I, I, I was thinking earlier actually. That I enjoy Overcooked with my girlfriend because I, I constantly describe people as my my job currently is like being in a game of Overcooked, but getting to just watch the people around you. Um, but actually, I find Overcooked more stressful than being at work because, <laughs> especially when playing with my girlfriend, because my girlfriend has this thing where we cannot continue to the next level unless we have three stars. <laughs> and, and that's just not me at all. It's like, it's like I'll say to her, Ellie, I'll do my best, and I want us to do our best, right? But if we get two stars, <laughs> I'm not too bothered. Let's just go on to the next level. I want to see the new map. I want to cook the new recipes. And she's like, no, we need three stars and everything. And you know what? She she We bloody stuck at it. We got three stars in every uh, level in Overcooked 1 and 2. And it wasn't until we got to the Overcooked 1 DLC, which gets quite hectic and mad, uh, that I said to her, look, (laughs) we've got two stars, I'm happy. And she's like, we can't do the next one if we don't get three stars. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to play it then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that, you know, that's my perspective on difficulty, you know, Hmm. couldn't get into Dark Souls. I, I I have liked a few souls likes mortal shell I will sing the praises of mortal shell um but yeah because of my assumption that hellblade was a souls like I didn't touch it but mm. actually I'm quite I'm quite relieved that that is not the case um but yeah you started playing this a little bit before me so what were your impressions going into it uh, starting um, up I see I was very much um I had no impression going into it I kind of knew it looked a bit dark and a bit more on the serious side so I was looking forward to that in a sense I knew it was going to be something because at the time I think we were 
yeah, we yeah, the last episode we did was Need for Speed. So I was playing Need for Speed kind of as I would with a normal sort of game like that, kind of on the side, like in between me, like a video uploading or rendering or something. I'd play a race or two of Need for Speed. But like Hellblade is kind of one of those games that you, if you have an evening, you'll sit down and you'll play a couple of hours of it, kind of like almost watching an episode of a TV show or something um in that sort of vein so i'll like stick the headphones on i'll get immersed in it and i'll play it and i did that for the first while and you know i was i was playing through it um and i i, I really liked the audio design i liked i re- i quite liked the opening segment i don't think it's a i don't think it's a bad story by any sense of the imagination i think it's quite good uh from what i've played of it the only thing i would say is that i think it's a little poor at telling the player what certain things do so like i didn't find out there was a sprint button until i went to the actual menu to check the controls and i think you were the same connor um the stuff about the obviously i don't know if they're considered portals or gateways like looking through and changing the environment yeah that that was kind of fine but i'd find myself walking through them accidentally at some stages and then being like wait what's going on i have no idea and getting confused so easily and maybe maybe in a sense that's what the game's trying to do trying to emulate this idea of you know confusion that Senwa has like and this sort of fear of like not being good enough to do this that and the other and having these voices in her head and having this doubt so obviously the confusion would add to that but like that then you get to the stage of where it's like you know a game is meant to be at least on the surface level somewhat enjoyable to play um you can have maybe a couple of sections that maybe aren't enjoyable to play but serve the story or at least serve to kind of shock the player in some capacity i know dead space 2 does that really well where there's that one scene that everyone knows of the needle going into isaac's eye that makes you control it as it goes down nobody wants to do it but you have to and it's kind of like that scene serves its shock value purpose for that moment if the whole game was like that you wouldn't want it and that's that's the problem i kind of have with hellblade a little bit is that that the whole game feels like that kind of not monotonous but a bit restrictive is what i'd say i think very much the the gameplay of it is very restrictive i'm not a fan of games that don't have a jump button i understand it doesn't work in all games but in a game like hellblade you could like i imagine senwa can jump like i don't like there's nothing to tell us lore wise that she can't uh it's similar in that sense to like god of war i hated the way god of war 2018 didn't have a jump button either i thought it was really stupid consider well i think it's more egregious than god of war's um sense because <laughs> god of war is very much like uh, a beat-em-up hack and slash game like the original three and it involved a lot of like juggling people in the air combat and then now you come to the new one it's like he's so grounded that he can't actually physically leave the ground um but it's like yeah hellblade's kind of like that to me like i think sorry I- i'm airing all my stuff out here now but i want to throw it all out so we can kind of maybe dissect some of the stuff i'm talking about but the other thing as well is I like you can tell this is an Xbox One game and I say that in the nicest way possible like it's a good looking Xbox One game don't get me wrong and obviously it came out in the Xbox One so that's going to be the case but it has that weird thing where it's like I whenever I load into a game like this I always feel like I have to go into the settings menu and turn off everything so like film grain motion blur like all these different things that they've put on the screen to make it look visually stunning and obviously that was to I would imagine to deal with the the Xbox One not being capable of running it as it is now. I know there's different settings you can play it on the Series X, so like uh, 
performance or um, visuals or whatnot. I, I don't know the the visual look of it. It's not ugly, but it's like it's very much like it, it looks like it's been stretched out. Like it looks like it's been rendered in like 1080p and then I have it on my bigger monitor and it's like stretched out a little bit. So I, I don't think that's something I'm particularly overly egregious with, but it, that always turns me off games like that because I want to enjoy what I'm looking at. Like I can actually like, I prefer smoother looking games. Like something like the Falconeer appeals to me because it's not like, like if it was hyper-realistic and it was like grainy, I wouldn't enjoy it. But the fact that it's like, it's, it doesn't look obviously it doesn't look realistic but it, it looks smooth it looks complete it looks really nice on the eye i can get behind that stuff like that similar to like the old max Payne games as well like they're clearly not visual marvels maybe they were for the time but not now but they still i can still get into those games because it, everything looks clean it looks like it works i feel like it always feels like whenever i'm playing hellblade that there's dirt on my screen the entire time and i need to kind of like sift through to really look at it now the the color palette is quite very limited as well so that obviously doesn't help but sorry I, i'm aware i'm hogging up the time here sorry yeah i'll throw it over to you connor i've, I've thrown a lot on you but go ahead no i mean <laughs> yeah it's weird to get into the the one thing i found with hellblade um immediately going in just to to back end your um your discussions is that there's an enhanced visuals mode, which I believe is like the, it looks good, the frame rate's not too bad. And that's what I played most of the game on. Hmm. There's a high resolution mode. And I think if you listen to me, you know that I'm not going to pick that because I like my frames. Um, as soon as I put it on the high frame rate mode, it's like the camera moved too fast. I, I just, I couldn't get this game to sit in a comfortable way visually i don't know what it was i think the the actual graphics look fantastic i think it it's a gorgeous looking game uh certain details like the uh, senua's face uh, senua's model uh herself um a lot of the stuff looks really good i think senua i think they've probably spent a lot of time just detailing her character um but i think i do agree with you that this game is not one for clarity in the visuals. Hmm. But when certainly when I booted up the game uh, and you have that sort of fantastic opening where Senua is on this raft and she's rowing very slowly uh, down this river with dead bodies on, on pikes all around um and i think the umbrella term would be schizophrenia but she's she's having auditory hallucinations of of many different voices that she hears in her head which are all sort of um different parts of herself different female voices um and i i will just say you do not row a raft by rowing one side continuously but that's beside the point <laughs> uh the point is I will say this right now. I think the performances and the voice acting in this game are phenomenal. Mm. It felt for the most part like I was listening to an audible audio book. And it felt very cinematic whenever it went into a story beat. Um, anytime 
I felt like the the main narrating voice who was narrating Senua's story, the female voice that was talked about Senua in the third person, I thought was fantastic. Hmm. I, I honestly didn't think the writing of the voices were was that good, but I think it didn't need to be because the delivery on so many of those lines was so perfect. I mean, the the enunciation and the inflections that they managed to put on so many of those lines, it it was so nuanced. It it was honestly fantastic, and I think if anyone at Ninja Theory had direction or or gave direction to the actors giving those roles, I think you know they need a serious commendation because it it felt so fresh and unique to hear like a like a shakespearean play with actors like being so careful to say how to say different lines it it really was just a a pleasure to listen to um Mm. and it put me off the thought of it the thought of listening to a, a, a sort of schizophrenic um amalgamation of voices in my head i thought oh i don't really want to experience schizophrenia that's not really something but it's not how you think of it it's actually quite i found it quite calming because you're going through a very solitary journey as senua you don't really see any other character models in the whole game apart from the enemies um but you feel like you're in a group of people because you have these different voices around Mm. your head sort of whether they're questioning or doubting Senora or literally just speaking what she was would be thinking, I found them comforting. Um, if if I want to pick apart this game in, in the quickest way possible, I, I will get as much out of the way as I can. And then maybe you can you can bounce off of it, Eldrin. Hmm. I think I will sum up this game by saying the story is basically you have Senua, um, who is a, a Celtic warrior. And I'm not sure this really works because I think she's supposed to be a Celt and yet all of the references to gods and all the, the supernatural mythological things are all Norse mythology. So they're from a different culture than the one she comes from. If, if I'm correct on that, I think I don't really understand why that's the case. Um... But as I understand it, her her love her loved one Dillian um, was killed by Northmen, or I, I assume Vikings, mm. um, and she is carrying around his head in a sack because the head is the seat of the soul, and she wants to uh, make a bargain with Hela the. Um, goddess of uh hell uh the underworld to to bargain for dillian's soul and so at the very beginning of the game she is traveling into into hell basically Hmm. and you know it's so it's very much a kind of hercules narrative you know the the warrior fighting for their loved one going into the underworld you know it's it's very very strong ties to mythology already um as aldrin said i don't think this this game does nothing to signpost the buttons to you Mm. so it starts off and you're walking very slowly um towards things and 
uh, quite a while into the game, I noticed that there was a sprint button. And then I was annoyed that it was making me hold down a button for sprint uh, when you were you were so slow. And so much of it is like a walking sim, hmm. <clears throat> which is a, a term I don't especially like because I don't think it's a very good dis- descriptor of, of games. But you are walking from place to place a lot in this game. Um, and then you find out there's a toggle for sprint, which fine. But then the combat controls, I mean, you enter combat and you have to pause and look at the controls and you can charge towards the enemy during combat. There's three different attacks. There's light attacks, heavy attacks and a melee attack, which, you know, a melee attack would be um, either of those because you use your sword at all points. But the melee attack is is mm-hmm. mostly a, a kick to uh, off center a shield enemy. Yeah. Um, but I I will literally say that this game is a lot of walking around and many different puzzles, very repetitive puzzles, um, based on perspective and visual illusion. I think tying into uh, mental health perception, mm. um, and then the other half of the game, which is these combat sections that come up every so often, which are really strange because you can only look at one enemy at a time and you're fighting them and then you can switch it. It's like a lock-on on one enemy. So the combat restricts you because you cannot look at other enemies. So the only times you're ever in real danger is when there are enemies behind you. Hmm. Um, I, I felt, you know, you have the block, you have the parry, uh, you have the dodge and roll, and then you have enemies who, you know, standard enemies, you have big enemies with heavy um, hammers that you can't parry, that you have to roll around. Then you get various... It's nothing that you wouldn't have played before in a game and um, quite simple, I would say. And and the enemies are the the same throughout the game. It's a very repetitive slog, is what Mm. I would say. But I'll I'll let you bounce off because I know I've been talking a while. Yeah, no, it, I think the way I always, what I, at least from my experience of playing it, when I think about it, it's like when you have that fine line between having such a really good story, like it almost feels like the gameplay, not that it's an afterthought, because obviously the people working on the gameplay want to make the gameplay as enjoyable as possible, but it feels like obviously the gameplay is there almost at the mercy of the story, really. Um and you're actually, like, the gameplay could be completely taken out of this and you'd still probably get the same enjoyment out of it. Um, and I don't I don't mean that in any, uh, like, unhelpful, critical way. I mean it in the sense that, like, I would be perfectly happy with going and watching the cutscenes for this game and I wouldn't feel like I'd missed out on anything. I, I wish I could have watched this as a film. Hmm. That's the thing. It's like, like, um, I, like this, is, this isn't a unique problem to... Um, Hellblade by any stretch of the imagination I think the first The Last of Us has this problem as well where it feels like it's just a movie with added on gameplay now granted the second one does a lot to make the gameplay more enjoyable Um, what other games do this God of War 2018 really does this as well I don't really enjoy the combat loop of that it's a controversial opinion because a lot of people really like that game but I would argue the majority of people you ask will probably like that game because of the story um and not the gameplay um i i would never like i don't hear many people being like oh i can't wait to go back and play god of war again um it's not really something i'd be too eager to do myself 
Um, so it's it's not a unique thing to Hellblade, and I, I don't say it in the sense as like, oh, Ninja Theory did a really bad job on this. Uh, it's clearly that the, there is a certain specific genre for this sort of stuff, um, it, and it's a it's a question of priorities and obviously resources and time management as well, and what you want to put your time and money into. Uh, and for the most part, you can tell that it's gone into the story, and that's perfectly fine. I've no problem with that. It's just the only thing that would keep you going in this game if you were playing it is the story. Uh, you wouldn't be playing for the fun combat or the the intricate puzzles or whatnot. Um, you would be very much going to like if I was playing this, I would take a I would take a sigh of relief every time I came to a major checkpoint in the game. Because I'm like, oh, okay, I've made some progress. Like the 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 actual like the serotonin I was getting back from playing this game was so minimal that the only times I was ever happy was when I finished a fight because I was like, okay, I don't have to do this again. Because the combat's fine; it's a bit repetitive. That's the only thing I'll say. Like I feel like all the enemies, like as you mentioned, are fairly similar throughout the course of the game. You do the same stuff: you block, you dodge, you roll, you hit them a few times, you do the same again. Even with the stuff like um, like the, the fight with Val Raven, like that's very much just like, oh, I see him charging up the stack. And that combat works. That's fine. That's that's there. You obviously need combat loops in games like that's for sure not an issue uh, with with Hellblade solely. Um, like Doom Eternal does combat loop really well. You can tell you can see telegraphed attacks from enemies. You can see uh, someone on the field. You can hear audio cues about it. But I feel like Hellblade's one is very much like it's almost like a like a maths equation nearly like okay he's done he's he's starting to roll up his attack this is where I roll now it doesn't seem like there's multiple ways you can approach that like maybe that's just me the one thing I remember from the combat that I thought was quite cool was that uh, in the Val Raven fight he throws his daggers at you and if you time a block right you can parry them back and they'll hit him or you can roll out of the way and maybe have a better chance of dodging. That was some good intricate um, combat design, I think, because it gives you the option of uh, high risk, high reward in that scenario. And that's what most combat games should be about. Um, I didn't feel I got that from the standard enemies. They felt like a, a slog to go through. I think every time a combat with the standard enemies came up, because for the most part, they won't throw, especially at the beginning, one or two people at you. Uh, and it's just the same person walking slowly at you and it almost feels like oh here come over here quickly so i can just kill you and then we can get on and there's such a there's so little like feedback from actual combat like i don't feel like i'm like i can see i'm doing damage but i don't know how much damage i'm doing i don't feel like i'm doing a lot of damage i feel like i'm just hitting them and they're getting slightly staggered or whatnot um like for all the the talk about you know hating health bars yeah i think that's fair enough but Games can get around the whole health bar system. Like Halo is a perfect example. Like the shields, you know, when they go down, somebody's on low health. Um, hit markers. I don't want to say to put. Obviously, don't put hit markers in Hellblade, but that's obviously for a different kettle of fish. There was nothing really that was like in the Val Raven fight specifically. There was nothing that was like, oh, I'm close to beating Val Raven, and feel like I was close at any point. Um, but again, these aren't unique issues to Hellblade. I think Resident Evil Village does that kind of as well. Uh, in certain fights you'd be like okay i'm pumping bullets into this person are they nearly dead um but yeah i i am rambling again but i i do just i, I just wanted to say it because it is a really good story like it's a really like it's a good film like it, it it's by all means like uh, go and watch the cutscenes for hellblade enjoy it like it's really good um it's just not a, in a 
intrinsically enjoyable gameplay experience. Um, and I have more to yeah. say on it, but I'll throw it back to you first, just because I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that the performances are so good that actually, uh, when they're just a little off, it's really noticeable. Like if if someone's delivery or someone's voice acting isn't on par with with the rest, it's really noticeable. Uh, which just shows the standard. Um, I absolutely agree. I think most of the combat did feel like uh, pumping hits into people until they until they died, and just fingers crossed that they would die at some point. There's no way to tell when you're getting close. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game, I think the game commits a major sin early on, and that's lying to the player. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked this up, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, that at the beginning of the game, um, Hella infects you with the, something called the darkness, and you have this black, sort of ink-like, vein-like um, darkness creeping up your arm throughout the game, and you're told at the very beginning of the game, if the darkness gets to your head, uh, the game is over, and the more times you die, the more the darkness will spread. And that's what you were told. And at the beginning, that concept was amazing for my gameplay because I was so motivated not to die. I don't know if um, when you first died, Odrin, but I didn't die until I'd defeated... I'd defeated Valrav and I'd defeated Surt and I'd crossed the bridge before my first death and I had the difficulty on auto. Hmm. Did you die before then? <laughs> I died in the first room. Sorry, sorry to spoil it for you. <laughs> okay. Well, see, I was so I felt so at stake. Like I don't want to die at all. Like if there's an achievement where you can get where it's like the darkness hasn't creeped up your arm at all throughout the game, like you've died no times. It's like I want that achievement. Uh, so that's what I was going for and every time I got close to death I was like spamming the buttons I was like yes come on come on it it felt so intense and I loved it for for so so long um, until unfortunately the facade eventually fell um, where I wasn't sure but the first time I died it was really janky I don't like because Dark Souls has a really good, um, I can't remember what it says. It says something like you're dead. Obviously, GTA is the wasted thing. Uh, Hellblade sort of has send you a cry on the floor and then it cuts really, really sharply back to um, the the last checkpoint, uh, which is just really janky. Uh, I didn't like it at all because I thought, well, I thought, you know, you'd see the darkness kind of in an animation going up your arm a little bit more so that you'd 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 kind of feel the impact of that death. Um, yeah. So I died a few times and I didn't notice the darkness really creep up my arm that much. And then later in the game, I didn't die at all during a boss fight. And after the boss fight, the darkness was all the way up my arm. And that was when it was like, this is just going up as the game progresses it doesn't matter how much i die and i'm pretty sure the game would not end if i died too many times hmm. so 
that the the most interesting thing about this game was a lie for for me i don't know how you felt yeah i mean i saw it and i thought i hope i don't die and then have to start again because whilst i'm enjoying the story i don't think i could if i if i did die i had to go back to the beginning i don't think i'd finish it because i just like again as i mentioned the gameplay loop isn't intriguing enough to keep me coming back for it no, but I was I was imagining if I had say if I got the game over from getting the black to uh Senua's head, mm. I would I was imagining coming on the podcast and saying, Oh no, I died before the, the end game and that is my experience with the game and I, I feel it was a really powerful experience because it, it did have that limited stop. Mm. Uh, but I can't say that because apparently that's not there was there's no reason to feel rewarded for getting to the end of the game. So uh Screw me for wanting nice things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I... Yeah, no, sorry, go on there for a second. Yeah, I mean, it's just disappointing. Uh, I think that there are weird things in this game. I'm, I shouldn't have to say the disconnect between walking to places, doing puzzles, and then having very strict, very scripted combat sequences. Obviously, that's disconnected. That that doesn't flow. I'd much prefer a kind of freer form exploration combat. You know, you know, like Dark Souls, where you go from area to area, and there's different enemies, yeah. and the movement is always the same. And you know, just something that makes the game a bit more cohesive. Uh, but it it feels really janky in what it does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think even even the pacing is terrible. I didn't know when this game was going to end um, because at the beginning it says, okay, you've got two bosses to fight. They're through these two doors. And then once you defeat them, you go through this door and cross the bridge to fight Hela, goddess of the underworld and save your loved one, Dillian. Um, so you fight Valraven, who is literally just like a raven boss. You defeat Surt or Surt, which is just like a, a fire boss. Uh, and then you cross the bridge and then you find out there's way more to the game and then there's not a boss for ages and it's just like when you're trying to get into the structure or flow or pace of a game I don't know why it starts off with two bosses in two different areas and Mm -hmm. then goes into this very linear uh, game where there's literally like one other boss and then there's not even the final boss. It it's really strange. I I don't think it's paced well at all. And and most of the game I just wanted more story beats. And I honestly wanted the experience to be shorter because I didn't want to be doing this repetitive gameplay loop. I wanted the the very good story and I didn't want it to make me work for it. Um but go on, say what you were gonna say. Yeah, no, I was just, I, I was looking up there kind of being like, well, what did the devs say about this? Because apparently this was a, the whole permadeath style system was a bit um, of a controversial one when they launched because um, obviously some people were annoyed. Some people were relieved by the fact that they wouldn't have to start again with all their stuff not being wiped. Um, I mean, the, the way I read it in the article is, is they're trying to replicate some level of the fear of death for like psychosis. Um 
I mean, I'm not going to speak on that because I don't know anything about psychosis or have any sort of medical degree to comment on it. Um, I think that the article is like, it's the interpretation of the wording of it. And I'm just like, yeah, I suppose. But like, like the, the wording, I don't know how you could interpret it outside of anything other than a permadeath system in the game. Like it's, it, it's pretty much like, it, it's like, I mean, you sure, get yeah. killed, I mean, yeah. Indeed, the game ends when the darkness gets to Senua's head because that's what the story demands it. But you literally say every time you die, the darkness will spread. Hmm. It, it's maybe just... it doesn't mean. Maybe it doesn't mean to her. Maybe it just means in general. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows yeah. the wording? We need to. We need to listen to the wording. I yeah. I think we've railed on this a good bit, and 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 I don't and, and I know we don't mean it in any bad terms because I genuinely I do look at Hellblade and think this is a good game like it's certainly not a negative experience I've had with Hellblade it's it's not a positive one either it's like a more of a yeah I played that at some stage sort of game um I do I do want to mention the the level design and layout and the way in which you interacted the world was always kind of a bit annoying to me though because it seemed really simple but also really boring um and I, I, again, I don't want to sound mean or whatever, and I don't mean it in a mean way, because I, I do like the look of this game. I do like the story it's telling. It's just when you have, like, your character already walking around and, you know, they can't, you know, fall off, like, a piece of, like, a, a small gap on the floor, like, that's only about two feet. They can't just jump down there. The fact you have to walk all the way around and find a gap to walk down. I hate that in games. I'm just like, I know it's there. I can do this. How can this trained warrior not fall down two two feet like? Um, and it's always like, oh, they can't access this area because there's a plank on the floor that's blocking them. It's like, what do you mean? Like, they can step over that. Like, if you're going to block off areas of a map, like, make it look believably blocked off. Like, you can put a load of debris there and that's fine. I Like, I still wouldn't like it because I, I, I think that's always a kind of a cop-out in some cases, but... Like, it just, I hate that form of gameplay. That's what made me hate God of War. That's what makes me not like this either. Like, it made the gameplay monotonous. Like, if I forgot something or if I had to go back and check something, it was like a 20-minute walk around. And I, I, I am exaggerating here, of course. But it was a much longer walk around than, say, like... Like, there's bits where you have to, like... um, Like, say, uh, there's, a, there's a, like a gate on the other side of, like this chasm or whatever and i can walk down a little bit walk around come back to the gate i could easily just have jumped down climbed up and gotten there if that was a mechanic but it just seems like like it's not that i'm asking for all these mechanics to be added in but it just seems like if you've designed your level like that players are going to assume based on the experiences they've had with other games that that's what you do and it's going to annoy them if they can't do that because it's like it's generally like like there's no jump button again i, I hate to bring this up but like like what like it, jumping is like a core mechanic of like majority of combat driven games now i get that this isn't particularly a combat driven game but it always just annoys me to that end because it's like there's so much potential there it feels like like there's still stuff to be added into hellblade um like that there's placeholders there for like blocking off stuff like it just like and maybe again it's the visual look of it i don't like again it's not ugly it's just that film grainy dirt that's on like a lot of games of this time. Uh, like God of War is another example of this again. Like they're just 
there are moments of sheer beauty in these games like you have your like paintings like images of when you're walking as as is like popularized by like uncharted and all that where like the camera zooms out and shows you everything that's fine and i'm not asking for everything to be like every like the term would be i'm not asking for every frame to be a painting but i am asking that like it doesn't like hurt my eyes to look at sometimes that it's not like like i don't feel like like it feels almost like i am doing a chore getting from one segment of hellblade to the other uh for the reward of good storytelling um that that's how i that's how i found it. and that's why i put it down because i was like like how far did you get i like see i didn't get that far at all i only got to val raven and finished after that because i was just so like like i had turned it on maybe three or four times over the course of a couple of days i'd been trying to make my way through it i was like okay now it's going to pick up and maybe it does but i gave it i think a good whack i think it was on the game for a total of maybe two three hours which i think is a fair time to give a taster of it to know whether you're going to enjoy it or not and it's just like, yeah, I was really intrigued by the story. I like the the audio design. I really like all of it. It, it. Like from a technical perspective, it's fantastic. But it's just like, like as we mentioned before this podcast, like, you know, we were away for so long because we all we, we have like working jobs, like we have other things to be doing. When I come home, like as much as I enjoy playing the odd bad game for the podcast, I don't want to be like, I, I would rather play a bad game than what I would consider to be quite mediocre gameplay wise um in this case you know it's just i don't know how i'm trying to describe it and this isn't to like again rail on anyone i know ninja theory are a really good studio like they make really good games and this is by no means a bad game it's just it feels like a game that you almost have to have either a very specific interest in it and you kind of like that more less less freedom in gaming i want to say like it's less open to interpretation like it is extremely linear uh in the way in which you go through elements you either have that or you either have to have the privilege to be able to play so many games in a day because i didn't like i get home I, like there was a like we were talking about this before we started like got a ps5 recently i've been playing returnal i've really enjoyed the gameplay loop of that i enjoy the free movement and everything of it and if it's between Returnal or Hellblade, even though I have to look at Hellblade for this, I'm just going to pick Returnal because I, d- I don't want to waste my time on a game that really isn't encapsulating me outside of stuff I could watch online in a video. Yeah, I've I've got a lot to say and perhaps getting into some, some spoiler ter- territory. Um, mm. I've got a lot to say as concerns to the actual... Um, execution of the game I think the only character model you see in game is Senua and I've done a little bit of a Wikipedia on this and it appears that Ninja Theory working on a small budget decided to experiment with um, limiting themselves and then finding sort of ways to implement uh, what they had done so you only see Senua in game. That's motion capture. That's they filmed uh, the actual actor who plays Senua um, and all her expressions and her performance, which is all fantastic. I think Senua herself is fantastically portrayed. Um, but most of all of the other actors, so all the characters like Druth, Dillian, uh, her mother, her father, 
they all appear as um, actu- actually filmed actors appearing in game and and that on one hand it's interesting because you've got this very personal very introspective narrative centered around Senua and then you've got these characters who relate to her who aren't actually there but um do appear in her in her mind I guess um and they they appear as they would in a film you know a, a actually filmed performance um, blended in with the game's graphics which I found to be really interesting but there's such a, a disconnect there that it, it very nearly almost works <laughs> so <what laughs> I want to say but ultimately I came away thinking that this game very much feels like a game produced during the pandemic and it, it wasn't it, it mm. was it was released before the pandemic and I was surprised because it honestly feels like someone went through repeated the same assets. So, you know, you've got the same enemies throughout the game. You've got the same environments throughout the game. You have one character with motion capture. Um, And perhaps maybe that's why development on the sequel is going so well, because they are doing it in a limited capacity, Hmm. but it feels so restricted, so linear, so, uh, limited in in assets that they were able to use that you know as I said there is no final boss it, if anything a final boss uh, is is a kind of black goo boss which takes the form of the three bosses you fight throughout the game those being Valraven, Sirt and then um, Fenrir or, or a version of Fenrir a huge uh, wolf like animal with tusks. Um, and and the goose sort of changes between them. Hmm. You don't you don't actually get to fight Hella. The uh, I, these these are all spoilers. So you can you can tune out for this bit. But I mean, if if you really <laughs> you've said the spoiler now, and you're like, oh, tune out for spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit a spoiler warning in, can't you? Um, right. So let me be honest with you. If if you're interested in playing this game, I'm sure you've gone and played it already. You don't you don't have to listen to us mm. ramble on about it. I mean, uh, most of our audience, I'm sure, either listen to see if they're interested or they see what game we're playing, they go play it and then they come listen or you know any other combination. Um, I was confused by the story, mm. not because I didn't get what's going on. I get that I got that. Uh, it was hell. I got that Senua had probably done something to get herself there. Um, I got that Dillian was dead. I got that. I got many things. Hmm. Um, one of the few voice acting roles that I felt didn't hit for me was the actual voice of the darkness. Did you get to hear the darkness? No, I don't think so. No. It's a very dark, it's a very deep voice, as if um, if you can imagine someone trying to put on a really deep voice for a, a blackened monster, like a... Hmm. You, <clears throat> let me see if I can... <clears throat> <laughs> you were never good enough, son, it said you are. It, it was, it's nothing like that. It's much more growly. My <laughs> voice is far too high for, for that Ooh, sort of... Voice, voice acting work for Connor Smith, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Hold on. You were never good enough, Senua. You are a disgrace to the gods. 
<laughs> I think that sounds like a disgruntled old man that care how much you're actually describing that right, pattern. Fine. But it, it was like that, right? I didn't felt I didn't feel that worked. Um and I just apologise to all the listeners for that audio experience there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I personally would have pre- preferred someone like Ron Perlman or, or mm. a- anyone, anyone with a real sounding voice that was deep to take over that because it just felt forced. It didn't sound like a real voice to me. And I get that it was the darkness. I think that there was an impactful moment where you did actually see Senua speaking to herself in the mirror and the voice of the darkness was coming out. I mm. liked that point. But later on in the game, and this these are spoilers, um, you find out that the voice of the darkness is the voice of her father, and her father was a, a figure who is a very traumatic figure in her life, um, and so the darkness uh, adopts his voice. Um, I just, yeah, I felt that they could have done a better voice work there or a different actor for him. Hmm. And, and it's weird that I can pick out a single actor because all of the other performances, maybe maybe Dillian isn't as, as good as he could be, but most of the other performances are fantastic. I even thought the... Um, whoever plays Druth, a, a slight, um, I think, slight Irish accent, it is on all the, the lore stones hmm. which you listen to, which... Um, as you traverse the world, you focus in on the lore stones, and uh, that they are all like a little snippet of Norse mythology. Which you know, I've got Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. I, I'm very read up on my Norse mythology. I, I liked myths and legends books when I was younger, so I, I didn't stop to listen to them. I, I don't know who's buying Hellblade to to listen to an audiobook of Norse mythology, but it's there if 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 you wanted. I quite liked those sections actually, but alright. I thought the delivery was fantastic. With the exception of the final lore stone, the one about Ragnarok, I felt the delivery of Ragnarok needed to be a, a delivered a little bit more darker in in tone. Um, mm. It's strange that I can pick up little things like that but it's honestly because it is so phenomenal the rest of the way through the game um but honestly that like that could have been liam neeson um narrating those little norse mythology bits because it it sounded like a a really famous actor i even looked up it's like no there i don't think there are any famous actors in hellblade but they all sound like they should be Hmm. um at the very end the very end of the game. I'm going to spoil the very end of the game. What happens? I mean, the bit where you make your way to Hela is honestly quite good. The, there's music for the first time in the combat, empowering music that you drive that drives Senua forward. I felt the enemies all in the later section of the game or at least in that final section, all get really weaker. They they get a lot weaker because you've got you've got a different sword, um, grammar or something that a sword forged by Odin or whatever. And for the final stage of the game, it takes a couple strokes to get through an enemy, which feels weird. It feels like they, it should get harder, but it did feel good. It felt empowering. Hmm. Um, as I said, you you defeat that boss that takes on the shapes of the earlier bosses. And then you get to Hela and you get this cinematic. 
and it's a very confusing cinematic because um, you can't always trust what you see on the screen with Senua. Uh, what you think you're seeing is Hela, and then it turns out to be Senua. I think the actual story beats were good, but they could have been executed better. Hmm. I, I would have expected myself to feel more emotion when watching some of those cutscenes, and the the fact that I didn't is, is is sort of a failure, I think, late game to tie up the loose ends. That 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 final section I think feels not rushed, but I don't feel that they really thought out what was gonna happen when Senua got there. Mm-hmm. And that feels disappointing because the very end of the game, the the narrating voice says to you, um, this story is finished, but she's got another one to tell. Follow her. And then Senua smiles at the camera and then walks off. And you're thinking, well, d- d- what's just happened? How are you really ending on that note? Like, I know that they've announced a sequel, but like, you've just told a really dramatic story about chasing your loved one uh, in the underworld and bargaining for his soul. And then you're ending on a note like that. Like, it's, it's completely bizarre. I don't get it. I don't mm. get it at all. Um, so the story throughout, I feel, is cryptic, but I mostly understood what was going on. I'm mostly just perplexed at sort of the execution and delivery of it. Um, one of the final things I think I, I, I want to get across about this, because there are interesting sections of the game, the, the, tr- the trials you do to get the sword, um, there's two in particular... Um, there is there's the labyrinth trial where again i mean as you said this game is phenomenal with head headphones in or uh, indeed if you've got a good speaker system that sort of um, bounces sound because mm. you can hear exactly where things are um in the labyrinth you you're hearing dillian cry out in pain and you have to follow the voice and it's a very cryptic labyrinth and you keep getting turned around and I thought that was fantastic and you have a torch and you keep lighting torches to know which way you came. I thought sections like that really show and it was really scary as well because the voices were like, what's, what's that? There's something else in here. That's not Tillian. And, you know, they really create a sense of panic and that's when you feel like um, when... Hellblade kind of gets into that more horror element that really plays into the audio-visual uniqueness of this game. Like, that was phenomenal. I loved that. Um, Mm. And also there's there's a bit where uh, Druth talks a bit about Odin sacrificing his eye. So the the trial where where it's about Odin losing his sight... um, Senua actually loses her field of vision so she can't see in front of her so you have to um, move towards sounds and actually your controller vibrates when you're heading in the right way and so you sort of reaches out as if she's blind and everything's very kind of um, grayscale very toned down very darkened and you can barely see your way and then uh, near towards the end of that there are these creatures that you can't quite see that crawl about that you have to navigate around and again, those sections are really wonderful just because they change up the gameplay a bit. For yeah. a game where it's so repetitive all the way through, having those unique little sections 
I thought were wonderful. And um, getting to sections like that where you feel like you're making progress, I, I did feel hooked late game. I felt like I was getting somewhere. But for mm. a lot of the game, it just felt like I wasn't. And I probably wouldn't have completed it if it if we weren't playing it for the podcast, um, just because it it didn't feel like a, a good use of my time. I I wanted the story, but I didn't want to play through it. Yeah. No. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, it sounds interesting as well. But I think I think we're probably on two. This is actually probably a good dynamic here because we're on two ends of the like the same coin almost really because obviously I don't think once we both got into it kind of both of us want to put it down i am the split in the timeline that put it down and you are the one that kept going so <laughs> we have those two perspectives so i obviously missed out on some bits do you think it was worth finishing then um <clears throat> i fi- i find myself really conflicted talking about this game because as i've said i think the visuals when it comes to Senua herself and 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 some of the other visuals uh and the audio are phenomenal i i mm. truly believe the performances really make this game um and some of the some of the moments are are really great as well um this is a game that i would never play again i would never want to put myself through the monotony of playing this game again it is a one time experience very cinematic one um, one that I feel that you have to try and see if you want to stick with mm. but one that I would not readily recommend um, I think it, it's up to the individual whether they finish it to be honest I, I honestly believe everyone should give this game a go wear your headphones get into the game listen to you know all the different performances um, and just experience a bit of the game. But I'd, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say push yourself through because I think the narrative overall of um, very tortured, traumatic individual battling with their darkness uh, again, within this mythological framework and then uh, turning out to be sort of um, absent mother, uh, mm. abusive father, um, narrative it's it's a very familiar narrative it doesn't it doesn't feel like it does really anything new uh, it, it, unfortunately it does feel cliche but because of the way it's delivered it, it sort of bypasses that mm. um i i would not go out to people and say oh you must play hellblade but i would go out and to people and say oh you have to listen and and see a bit of Hellblade. Yeah, is what I'd say. Yeah, no, it it's again probably one of those like perfect Game Pass games, um, because it's not something I would commit to buying by any stretch of the imagination unless it was on sale, and the fact it's on Game Pass means, yeah, I can give it a go and see if I like it because it it is still an intriguing title. I think anyone that who owns an Xbox, who was like me and hadn't really heard of Hellblade out of maybe one or two conversations has always thought, oh, Hellblade seems quite interesting. It's always on the back of people's minds for a backlog game to come to. Um, I would say it's probably where it should be, to be honest. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that there are other games on Game Pass that I would rather play. But for the genre it's in, for the, the, the game it's telling, Xbox doesn't have that many of those style of games. So 
if that's your thing, um, maybe you're someone, for the most part, who's come over from PlayStation and is quite used to that particular genre of like third person uh, narrative uh, kind of semi combat games. Maybe you'll maybe Hellblade will be a nice game for you to start with. Uh, maybe it's something you'll enjoy. I would say again though, like obviously I didn't make it all the way through it. That was a conscious decision on my part because I just didn't want to dedicate more time to this game when I knew it wasn't going to be something I was going to be particularly satisfied with at the end. Um, mm. And I'm not disappointed that I didn't finish it. At the same time though, I do have tremendous respect and admiration for the guys over at Ninja Theory. I think they've clearly made a game that people like because it, it is very much a cult game for people to follow. Um, you can see the excitement amongst that fan base when the sequel got announced. Um, and it is almost a bit of a disservice that it wasn't announced at E3 and instead at a showcase the next day. Um, because even I was like, oh, where's Hellblade 2? I'm kind of eager to see Hellblade 2 because I think this was before I played it. I am more attracted to the idea of Hellblade than I am actually playing Hellblade. I think yeah. Hellblade always seems like one of those games that's like, oh, I'd really like to play Hellblade. Hellblade looks so cool. And then when I'm playing it, I'm like, this isn't really for me. Um, and I've railed on it a bit in this episode. And I think some of it is warranted. Some of it probably isn't when I look back on it. But I, it's a very much, again, like all we do in our podcast, like this is a very personal experience to both of us. Uh, and particularly for mine, I have these problems and some of them may be just problems to me, but the stuff about, monotonous level design repetitive gameplay i think are warranted criticisms of the game uh the story i think is again good um and something i could envisage watching or listening to i couldn't envisage playing through it um even if you were to say to me like even if i was the most hardcore like i'm quite all the time whenever i see a game it's like oh, i don't want to play it i'll be like oh, i'll do it for the achievements even with this game i was like it's not worth it I, like, I don't want to have that completion or achievement score like that badly. Um, mm. And I, I do want to say again, it does make it sound like this is the worst game ever and that I hate it, but it's 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 not. It's just it's just not for me. That That's just no. all I'll say. It's just not mine sort of thing. I, I think the problem for me is that it it's so good in some parts that it feels like it should be a much bigger game, right? I, mm. I feel like it focuses so much on Senua's story now and and for the most part it's that's not totally interesting where she's at now what is very interesting and what the cinematics keep going back to is her life in the village before she left um her relationships with her mother father dillian uh and and the village knowing that she is uh somewhat uh psychic being able to hear the voices of the underworld as as they call it um mm. and, and very much treating her like a like a witch basically I feel like that's such a fantastic story. I'd love to go back and actually play those cinematics with the in-game models and see the sun and see Dillian playing by the tree and and Senua interacting with the village. But all you've got is that story in the background of what's happening now, which is really frustrating because if this was a really fleshed-out game, I would love to really immerse myself into this story about mental health in a historical setting with mythological undertones that's like a hugely successful idea i just mm. don't feel it's executed um brilliantly it, it feels um it feels very limited in scope which is a shame it, for, for such a great idea for such great execution in places um and it makes me 
very excited for the sequel, but also glad that it's coming to Game Pass because again, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy this and I wouldn't buy the sequel without knowing that it's a, it's a fantastic experience. Hmm. Um, so I will remain interested in Hellblade, but um, I think we're becoming keenly aware now of. You know, we've we've seen some fantastic video games by now, and PlayStation. You know, we knock PlayStation sometimes, but they have been knocking it out of the park with Ratchet and Clank, Spider Man. You know, all those third person um, story games. Uh, so when when you come across a game that is like that, where you could see what it could have been, but because of its limitations, it's not it's more obvious to us now because we've seen what gaming can do. Hmm. Um, so I think that's that's what's holding Hellblade back, unfortunately. Yeah. I think, whilst it's a somber tone to leave on, I think it kind of adequately kind of captures the mood of how we felt about the game. Um, hopefully next week's episode won't be as, I suppose, not depressing, but like maybe a bit more upbeat. Um Next week we're looking at the ascent, anyways. Um, Can't which be I'm... worse than the last cyberpunk game I played. No, so. <laughs> <laughs> and by all accounts, the ascent sounds like it's getting raving reviews. But then again, so did Hellblade. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Looks gorgeous. Go play the yeah. ascent. We'll talk about it next week. We will do. Um, before we finish, um, first of all, some housekeeping. We have a Discord that's top link in the description. You can find all our social media platforms linked below. Um, that's pretty much it really as always you know go play game pass go play some games if you want to recommend us something let us know go read gaming sandbox dot wait gaming dash sandbox.com <laughs> yeah i will i will actually i will leave a link to that as well in the description of any of you guys are interested in the the work we're doing over there as well very much more indie centric uh, and to some of our fans that might um, appeal to you um but yeah i think we'll leave it then uh leave it there then um and we will see you all next week bye see ya <laughs>